the Fire Within Podcast. You need a sustainable plan, the right mindset, and the knowledge and inspiration to stoke the fire within. Just like the Phoenix, you can burn your old habits, never turn back, and emerge completely anew. There are no shortcuts. Hi, Fire Within Nation. This is Brandon with episode two of the Fire Within Nutrition and Fitness Podcast. Today, our guest is Drew Mitchell. Uh, Drew Mitchell has had an extraordinary career with uh, training and fitness and uh, shifted directions now, and we're going to be asking him questions, understanding his journey, and seeing what kind of insight we can have when it comes to transformation in our lives. So to start off with, uh, Drew, tell us a little bit about yourself. I was born in Houston, Texas, the good old Lone Star State. Yeehaw. <laughs> Yeehaw. Uh, I was raised in Columbus, Ohio. Go Bucks. And I've been all over the place. I've lived in uh, Maine, wrestling in college. I've lived in Florida, uh, L.A., Las Vegas, and now North Carolina. So, um, wow, I don't know how deeply you want me to go as far as background, but born in 1980, a very strict disciplinarian Vietnam vet father. Um, Mother died when I was seven years old. She was 35. She had breast cancer, so that was really challenging at a very young age that I dealt with. Wow, yeah. Um, we'll discuss like different types of health and fitness, not just physically based, but mentally, emotionally, all that good stuff. Um, growing up, my father was not a great father, to be honest, um, physically and mentally abusive. Um, so that definitely, I think that was one thing I think got me into martial arts and physical activity at a young age. I think it was a defense mechanism, survival, if you will. And that, that, that took me down a lot of roads and different sporting activities and such. And, uh, other issues that we may get into here, I'm sure, on this podcast. But um, yeah, so I mean, I think sports and writing, I'm, I'm an avid writer. I write all the time from poetry, short stories, screenplays, books. Um, it's been my outlet. So, and that's how health and fitness, I definitely think has saved my life. That's awesome. Now, do you feel like the martial arts also helped like channel anger and things like that too? Or was it more just, you know, I want to be able to defend myself? Both. Definitely. Um, I think martial arts is great. I have a two-year-old son now, and I definitely plan on putting him into martial arts classes to teach him structure, discipline, also just to get him active. Um, I think it's very, really great to um, just teach younger kids um, some kind of discipline. Nowadays, they're kind of all over the place. But it, it definitely, you know, watching Karate Kid movies growing up, talking about martial arts, uh, I always felt like I was that underdog kind of runt character. And um, definitely martial arts and, and you know self-defense give me give me more confidence and, and you know positive self-image but um yeah i mean i think it's used to you know you got to use it to uh, you know protection not to hurt others so you know later in my life um like i said i'm sure we'll get to um i may have used it in eh, wrong manner but uh <laughs> <laughs> but well yeah like i said i'll get into a little bit that as we continue on with this talk a little bit about your experience with uh, fitness, you know, I understand you did some bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, you've done been a trainer for a long time. Uh, just tell us a little bit about that progression. Okay, well, again, going back to my youth, um, I got into working out when I was pretty young, about 12, 13 years old. Um, I was fortunate to be on some really amazing athletic teams, and I was always the smallest kid on all my teams, though. I was a runt, and I was short, I was skinny, and uh, I had an all-American-looking older brother, Christopher, who's all-American athlete, jock, and then I have a stepsister who's, like, captain of a cheerleading team, like, homecoming court, like, it was just, 
And then here I was. Now, since you guys can't see him uh, listening in, this guy's uh, biceps are bigger than quadriceps. <laughs> I mean, he's huge now. <laughs> it used to not be like that. Um, but no, so I, you know, I really got into working out to, I think, to ex- excel in sports because I really love sports. But two, you know, just not having a favorable childhood, um, just to be able to protect myself and maybe others if they were ever endangered or threatened. And um, so I got into working out and it definitely um, increased my performance in sports. And also, which wasn't a bad thing at all either, about the age of 16 or 17, the opposite sex really started to show a lot of interest in me and my, you know, my abs and my chest and my biceps, you know. Um, That's a good motivator. <laughs> it, it is. And, um, but so that, that was just an after fact of it. And then, you know, here I am. Um, I was a senior in high school and I was I'd already begun going over to one of my good buddies' houses and working out with him on the regular. And he started noticing changes. His mother started commenting and asked me to write a, a, train, a training and a nutrition program for her, which all I had was like, Arnold Schwarzenegger knowledge, you know, <laughs> the education of a bodybuilder, but Hey, it worked for me. So I shared with you know, others what worked for me. And, um, some people will benefit from, you know, but I mean, obviously if you adhere to anything, if you're disciplined, if you're committed, if you're paying attention to what you're doing, what you're eating and being active, your body's going to change. Your mind's going to change. So I was in, I was a senior in high school writing out meal plans and training programs for my friends and for their their parents, oddly enough. Yeah. <laughs> I laugh about it now because it's, I mean, and especially knowing you who, in my opinion, you're an expert in nutrition and uh, far exceed my knowledge. It's funny to think that I was charging people for meal plans as a senior in high school. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, so it catapulted and uh, it was in between my senior year after I graduated high school and I'm getting ready for my freshman year in college. And I'm like, I need to get a real job. You know, I'd bailed hay in Ohio farmlands of Ohio, um, just some miscellaneous jobs, but never like a real career job. And uh, I lived in Marion. It's a really small farm town and Columbus, Ohio, you know, home of the Buckeyes. Victory Fitness Center, it's actually still there today. It's crazy because a couple years ago I drove by and I I took a tour through that actual club, but it was the first health club that I ever got hired at and I didn't know anything. <laughs> That's like me when I started at Lifetime. Yeah. You know, I, I knew a bodybuilding program. I knew Arnold's techniques and that was about it. And I got hired probably based upon just off my looks. I looked like I knew what I was talking about. And then, so, but no, so that was, I was 18, 18 years old. Crazy. So 20 years ago. So I've been in the fitness industry 20 years, um, competing, um, on the national level of bodybuilding since I was 24. So yeah, it's been an amazing ride. Uh, I wanted to go back to one takeaway you said earlier, and and what you said was if you commit consistently to something, mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing here, then then you're gonna see success. That's such an interesting point, um, and maybe that's that's part of what's off with some of these fad diets and crash diets is it's not consistent. Uh, so even if it's not exactly perfect for that person, you found uh, in your experience if they can do something consistently, they see results. Absolutely. I mean, think about it like this. Um, you have, I mean, gosh, the fitness industry is saturated with supplements and meal plans and, you know, and, and people, you know, buy, buy into a program and a lot of percentage, if they stick to it, they're going to see results and they attribute it to all oh, this supplement or this workout program and not to take anything away from, you know, a, a great program or, you know, there are good supplements out there, necessary supplements I think we need, but 
I think you would attribute it more to just the awareness that they were putting forth into their daily life. They were aware of like, hey, being active, you know, hey, um, being encouraging themselves and having maybe a training partner to go to the gym with, holding each other accountable. And just the fact that they were never doing that previously is obviously going to produce an outcome that they've never seen before. Also, all of a sudden, you're, you're paying attention to what goes in your body, what you're feeding yourself for fuel instead of just like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to go to McDonald's real quick and smash on a burger. So as soon as you realize like, okay, it's, you know, obviously there's a lot of science to it, but at the same time, there's a lot of common sense. Like, you know, fries or an apple. Um, come on, common sense will tell you the apple's better for you. So yeah. just being more aware, hey, I'm working out. I'm going to see my buddy at three o'clock for a great workout. I don't want to, you know, destroy my results. I'm going to eat this apple. And it's just being more focused and aware of what you're doing. And I think that automatically is going to create change. So just some kind of focused commitment. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your transformation specific? Um, you know, you've done some bodybuilding. You've had some periods of your life where you're experimenting with some things. Mm -hmm. Take us through some of that and, and kind of your transformation. You know, the, the, one of the main themes of this show is this idea of a phoenix transforming a firebird. Okay. Okay. So guide me, keep me, you know, focus on the path that you want me to stay on because I have a few different transformative uh, experiences along these lines. So let's, the first one I would say start out when I was 13 or so really getting into working out. Um, I, man, I fell in love with the educational bodybuilder, Arnold Schwarzenegger on the cover. And I remember flipping through the pages and seeing what he looked like as a teenager and then like a 19 year old, a 23 year old. And then obviously we know who Arnold is now. And he was skinny at one time, believe it or not. And I'm in this bookstore and I see these pictures and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like if he, you know, I've always been the type of person, if someone else can do it, I can do it. If he can do it, I can do it. And he had this game plan, the roadmap of how he did it. And I'm like, all I got to do is follow it. So I started, this was instantly overnight. Um, I started eating 5,000 calories because oh he had this weight gain meal plan in his book. Um, and I started working out consistently. I, I I wanted to advance to the advanced workout routine, but he had uh, he was very adamant about if you're a beginner, start at the beginner workout. You know, focus on body weight exercises first, master you know conditioning and good form and all that stuff. So I was so focused and committed. I knew this was going to be for the long haul. So man, I was nine. I weighed 96 pounds when I first started working out. Holy cow! Um, I was in the eighth grade. And I got up to 112 because I wrestled. So I really, I'm aware of what my body weight was because I was a wrestler and we're like insane about that. Um, so I was 96 pounds in eighth grade. I got up to 112, which uh, it may not sound like a lot, but that's almost 20 pounds. And especially in a year, that was huge for me. And everyone started to notice it right away. Now, the big jump is when I went from my freshman year to my sophomore year, I went from 112 to 160. I gained 45 pounds. Oh, wow. And like, that's when I first experimented with like, protein powders and like creatine and uh make sure i was on vitamins and everything and so the first transformation i want to discuss is just the whole mindset one it, it, i believe every transformation first starts in the mind you have to believe that it's possible you know you have to kind of you almost got to get to that point where like enough is enough like I'm, I'm done being this type of person i'm done making excuses this is what i want this is what i'm willing to do to get there and now let's put together a game plan and stick to it so one, if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. Also, if you don't believe in yourself, you're never going to do what it takes to achieve success. Um, just kind of throw out good props to like Tony Robbins on this one teaching that I will never forget. Um, he talks about belief being everything. And your belief reinforces your action. 
and your action produces your results. So if you have small belief about yourself, what you're capable of achieving, um, you're going to take small action steps. And obviously, if you only take a little bit of action, you're only going to produce a little bit of results. What does that do? That reinforces your beliefs that maybe you can't do it. So you either stop or you continue taking small active action steps. You only see a little bit of results. All of a sudden, you come out at gung-ho and be like, I know I can do this. Like, come hell or high water, I'm committed to making this change. I'm going to see it through. I know it's not a a quick fix. I'm committed for the long haul. I'm going for it. All of a sudden, you're motivated on a whole other level. And anyone who's change something drastically in their life knows what I'm talking about. And you just, you every day, like the, the old behaviors that you used to do, you know, all of a sudden like, well, no, like, is this going to move me forward? No, it's not. So you start changing your, your attitudes, your beliefs, your action. You start taking massive action, which produces massive results. It reinforces the fact, well, wow, maybe I can do this, you know, and you keep taking massive action before you know it, you're there. Um, so no, anyway, I got all, you know, um, my mind, like at that point, now fast forward to senior in high school, I was confident and I used to be this, oh my goodness, my self-esteem was low. I didn't really believe in myself. I didn't feel attractive. Um, and now all of a sudden I was getting this attention. I was better in sports. So that like all of a sudden, but it's like, you got to be aware, like humility is very powerful in this world. And um, I went from lacking confidence to being confident to being cocky. And... um that's that's when my life took a turn for the worse. Uh, so before we go too far down, for a lot of our listeners, you know, at the time uh, you were in high school, you didn't have a full-time job and all that. Mm-hmm. For uh, some of our listeners, let's say they're a full-time mom. Yeah. Maybe they also work. How can they take that attitude-changing action into behavior? Um, what are some of the pitfalls and, and what are some ways that they can keep that fire burning um, that you've uh, experience because you've also trained thousands of people yes yes um so stay-at-home moms for example my mom i mean my wife my wife is a stay-at-home mom and um to all you stay-at-home moms out there god bless you you're amazing <laughs> you got you you all do stuff that us men could never do but no um it all starts again it, it all starts with vision um a, a man or woman without vision will perish um you have to you have to have vision. You have to have a why. Like, what's your why? What's your vision? What do you want? And what are you willing to do? Um, it, it's not going to be easy. So know that first and foremost. Um, I think writing your goals down is crucial. Um, and posting them places where you see them every day. Like one thing Grant Cardone says, he says he writes his goals down every morning and every night before he goes to bed. So they're fresh in his mind. So that, there's nothing like doing something like that that's going to keep them in your face. Um one, you got to write your goals down. You got to write your goals down. Um, there are moments. I know stay-at-home mothers. My brother just had a baby, and I know that they're not sleeping that, that much. But it's just got to be, even if it's 10-minute bursts, like, hey, for 10 minutes, you know, baby's sleeping, and she, he or she might wake up in 10 or 15 minutes. I'm going to do 20 reps of body weight squats. I'm going to do a plank for 30 seconds. I'm going to lay on my back after that and do some crunches. Like, if you maximize your time that you do have, you know, that, that time will add up into minutes, half hours, hours, and then just being more aware of the food that you're eating. Now, when you were going through your transformation, was there, was there any, some setbacks, um, that, that derailed you? And then you're like, no, I have to recommit my focus. Um, at that age, if we're talking about high school still and high school, one setback that I had, um, I had a, a hernia, which the doctor said if I, if I had never got into working out hardcore, that it probably never would have required surgery. So it was my junior year. I was up to 185 and I lost 25 pounds and wasn't allowed to work out for like four weeks. And, um, I really got 
down on myself because you know i was like addicted to this lifestyle and all of a sudden i was told i couldn't work out and um my whole mission was to get big and muscle muscular and compete in bodybuilding so now i just lost 25 pounds and um so then when i was allowed to work out i had to slowly incrementally like the first week back only lift 25 percent of the weight i was previously and then the second week 50 and then 75 and then so on and so forth so um i definitely battled some a little bit like you know you just gotta you gotta feed your you know starve your fear feed your faith don't fear don't feed doubt negativity because it'll just amplify and it'll grow and get bigger um again that's like the importance of having a big why and a big vision and you know that turned out like usually it's those obstacles that they weren't there to like break you that were meant to like help you have a breakthrough and get to that next level and um so no that that was the only real big obstacle i had in high school if you will now fast forward again. He said uh, things were starting to. T- you got cocky. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you're enjoying the you know your new body, and then things took to turn for the worse. Let's continue that storyline here. Okay, and this is important. So you know we're talking about the phoenix uh, rising from the ashes, and you know transformative power in your life. And I transformed myself from this like skinny little runt of a kid who um, was so naive and insecure as a child um to transforming into this confident good athlete and then all of a sudden now i'm in college i was wrestling in college remind you you know i went through a lot i know so many people have it worse than i did but um i don't think any child should have to endure any kind of abuse physical mental nothing um so that i already had a lot of pain a lot of anger a lot of bitterness in in my heart and um not aware, you know, how it can kind of take form if you don't handle it, if you don't deal with it. So 21 years old, I'm wrestling in college. One of my teammates, uh, we were working out together after practice one day. And I was just, I'm naturally very passionate and just intense. And after our workout, man, we're like, we're having our protein drinks or whatever. And he's like, he's like, hey, man, he's like, so what are you taking? And, uh, you know, I was still innocent at that point. And I said, well, well, well I'm like just creatine and glutamine. He's like, no, man, like roids, what are you taking? And I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I've never taken any steroids before. And he's like, come on, dude, you don't have to lie to me. So long story short, you know, um, he's like, well, why not? And I was like, well, I don't really know where to get them. He's like, well, me. So 21 years old, I started taking steroids. Um, now steroids, who? they amplified everything they they brought out the demons inside of me that i never faced and i think we all face demons of different sizes and colors and shapes and dimensions and you know if you never face them eventually they're going to come out and haunt you and that's what happened to me so all of a sudden you know like i'm partying i was i was doing more than that i was drinking i was smoking weed i was doing cocaine um and steroids on top of that so uh-huh. I was just feeding my demons. So I'll let you ask what you want to ask, and I'll answer <laughs> from there. Uh, so with all that going on, was were you aware of, of kind of the damage that was being done as it was happening, or did it just come to, was there a particular episode that went, whoa, what am I doing? Uh, no, I, I, I wasn't aware of it at the time, because your ego and pride are some of the biggest liars in the world. And uh, they'll tell you that you're all good, that it's everyone else's problem. So um, fast forward, let's see, another year or so, and uh, I'm competing in bodybuilding now, winning bodybuilding shows. I was 24 years old and uh, qualified for 
nationals for the first time. And there was this girlfriend actually I was dating in college and she, um, she loved to have fun. She loved to party. And so we partied together. And, um, so again, wrestling, I'm sorry, I'm kind of backtracking a little bit. Like, so when I was wrestling in college, one of my coaches, who's actually a, a world champion, Mike Brown, um, he kind of got me into UFC fighting. <laughs> that was the wrong move for me. Oh. Um, and my teammate, Jesse Peterson. So I started, I'm wrestling in college. I'm in really good shape. I look the part, I'm cocky. And now I'm starting to fight on top of that. So I took that into, you know, all again, revisiting all those demons I never dealt with from my childhood. Now I'm out at a bar, I'm drinking, someone bumps into me, gets smart with me. I didn't hesitate. I would just punch. I would just punch. And I got in more fights in my early 20s than I care to remember. I hurt a lot of people and got in trouble. So It's it's funny because I've known you for the last couple <laughs> years and you're like the most devil's giant. <laughs> like I watch you in the kiddie pool with your kid. <laughs> like you get down in there in the three-inch water and you're uh, just the most, it's, it's amazing just the perspective shift and the transformation kind of from that standpoint. Um, now, when did you, uh, was there a particular incident, fight, arrest, or, or, or something that, that really made you realize something needs to change? Yes. Uh, there are a couple of them. One, um, as I slowly, the world has a way of uh, kind of showing you your true colors and putting a mirror in front of your, fla- in your, in front of your face to kind of reflect upon. Um, two things, two things. So one, I, uh, I used to get in like fights on the highway, road rage, road roid rage is what I call it. Cause I was on steroids and fighting on the highway and uh, I was living in Columbus, Ohio at the time. My girlfriend was living in Cleveland. So it's about a two-hour drive. And I'm on the highway. And this guy, long story short, I've already gotten in a fight on the road probably like five different times. Getting out and punching people and throwing them on the hood and getting back in my car and taking off. Like crazy. I don't like to admit this, but I did this. And um, this was the last time I ever got in a fight on the highway. Um, I get out of my car. This guy had cut me off and licked me off and pulled over on the side of the highway. And I was always the first one to get in a fight. Like, all right, let's go. And I jump out of my car and I, I'm walking back to him, like throwing my arms up, like, come on, let's go. This guy just opens his door up and he's like, you want some of this? And I said, yeah, let's go. And he's like, you want some of this? I'm like, yeah, let's go. And he points a gun at me. He's like, you want some of this? And he probably called me, you know, a couple names. And I looked at him and like my heart stopped for a second. And I was like, all I could think about, like, in my mind, I was praying to God, like, please, God, don't let him shoot me. And I was just like, no, nah, no, 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 man, you're cool, bro. I was like, I don't I don't want any of that. I was like, sorry, man, have a good day. And I turn around, and I'm just praying, don't shoot me in the back. Don't shoot me in the head as I'm walking to my car. And I got in my car, and I took off so fast, and I never got in a fight. <laughs> People cut me off. I just <laughs> wave at them. People honk at me. I just wave at them. And, like, to this day, I'll never forget that. That was one moment. Wow. Yeah, I'll never forget that. <laughs> um, the second one, who the girl I was dating in college again, you know, I'm all partying. You know, I was this like epitome of health and fitness, yet I was like perfect Monday through Friday, Friday night, Saturday. I partied. And um, again, cocaine, ecstasy, marijuana, alcohol, steroids. And I was uncontrollable. And, um, Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That's another thing um, about health. You, there's so many different levels of health. You know, losing my mother at a young age, I think I, I craved that feminine attention. You know, one, I just wanted attention, period. But two, like just feeling love there, you know, like you matter, like you were important. And so, like Freudian theory or whatnot, like craving 
the attention from the opposite sex. I mean, I was so promiscuous and I never was loyal to a woman. And so I cheated on this girl I was dating. And uh, in turn, she cheated on me and she cheated on me with a guy that I worked with at the health club that I was working at at that time. And I found out and I went to his house at like 1.30 in the morning. And uh, that was the beginning of this two and a half month high, like craziness of we got in three different fights. One time, like he knew where I worked out. He waited on, he was sitting on my car um, as I walked out of the gym with one of his buddies, like after I had gotten in a fight with him the first time, got a free trip to jail. And um, now these two guys are sitting in my car. I just got done working out and uh, they start, one of them starts running at me. His buddy starts running at me as I'm about 15 feet away from my car and uh, getting a crazy bloody fight. I knocked this one guy out and need him in the face. This, it, this is horrible to even say to remember all this stuff. And I'm getting a fight with him and literally cops pull up like freeze, put your hands behind your head. And uh, my whole life flashes for me. So I was in jail um yeah, facing all these stupid charges and just thank god this is a, you know just a quick side note like all these charges were dropped because the girlfriend i dated decided not to show up in court and like so the the, the courthouse dismissed all these charges which was a grace like that's a whole nother story for another time how that happened but um no that was that was what woke me up that really woke me up like sitting in jail for almost a month oh wow yeah <laughs> I can't. I can't sit by myself for fifteen minutes. I can't. <laughs> I, th- I think I discussed that on the last podcast. Um, wow. So that that'll that'll definitely shake you up. Now, you know, listeners at home, if they didn't know who you were today, yeah, um, it would be easy to dim- dismiss you as a completely lost cause. Uh, absolutely, like the epitome of a horrible human being. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that we've got through that point. Talk to us how going from sitting in jail to mm. all this wisdom and perspective and restraint uh, and gentleness that you have now. Um, tell us a little bit about that journey and process. Okay. Um, goodness. So, I mean, in all honesty, initially it was just like finding peace through like God. Like I went to a church. I was a mess. I was a mess. I uh, Suicidal tendencies. I, I held a gun to my head you know, about to pull the trigger and in my life. Like I was so depressed at one time after all of this stuff. Cause one, I, you know, I lost so much. I was in jail facing all these charges and uh, I lost this girlfriend when you're young and dumb, you think that's everything. And at the same time, I got all these chemicals that are doing things to my brain and getting out of my body. So I was a mess. And, um, after like throwing this gun down and like, I, I, know, I remember having a butcher knife to my, to my wrist and the one thought I had was, do I chop it or do I saw? And I, like, that's horrible to remember. But at that moment I dropped the knife and I, 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 it was like a Wednesday evening and I, there was a church not far away from me. I was like, I need to go to church. Like, Oh my God, I need help. And so that's one thing I think you got to, you need to admit things in life. You know, like I was talking about running from your demons, whether you have an emotional addiction to food um, or, or being negative, or abusive, verbally, anything, there's some, you got to follow the fruit to the root. You got to find the root cause of what is creating this. And so some, honestly, I don't want to push God on anyone, but like some supernatural things occurred that showed me that, Hey, my life is important and I'm very valuable and I'm here for a reason. 
so that was the beginning of kind of my awakening. And um, fast forward, I would love to say that I walked on the straight and narrow after then, but I didn't. Um, I had a lot of friends that I that died from drugs in the next 10 years as I kind of tiptoed back and forth. Oh, I was good. I was a saint. And then, oh, no, I ain't. And like, yeah. and, and, and honestly, what really awakened me, um, bodybuilding, I was still going for uh, my pro card. And I had, uh, I'd won the Mr. Las Vegas and I'd done the, the national bodybuilding championships and down in Miami, Florida that same year, I think it was 2014, 2014, 2015. And, uh, I took fourth place at nationals. Um, interrupt me at any time if I'm, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just captivated. This is <laughs> it's so um, amazing story. I, man, so I took fourth place in bodybuilding. And again, for flat, you know, rewind back to when I had that Arnold's book when I was 13 or 14 years old. I saw this. All of a sudden, I felt like my life had meaning and purpose. I was like, that's what I want to do with my life. I want to be a professional bodybuilder. And so I was so gung-ho focused on it. And now here I am so many years later, and I'm literally like one step away. Like had I gotten second place instead of fourth, I would have turned pro and like achieved that goal. And so now... The next year, here I am, um, fourth in the nation. I'm like one of the top bodybuilders to win like the light heavyweight crown at the USA Bodybuilding Championships. I go to Mr. Las Vegas and, and um, I won that again. And now here I am right for you know, the USA's and I'm like one of the top favorites to win. And I don't place in the top 10. And I was devastated. And the thing that... I had spent probably $15,000 on steroids in the four months leading up to that. Oh, wow. I, I was training with all the top professional bodybuilders out in Las Vegas, you know, 10-time Miss Olympia. I was Kyle, Hiditata, like, um, oh, my goodness. I had so many amazing mentors and trainers out there and, and, and training partners, and everyone's like, oh, my God, this is your year. This is your year. So I had such a self-reflective moment. I fell from sky high just to rock bottom and now all of a sudden like i i tried to stop all these drugs cold turkey and it, they devastated my mind for the first time in my life i couldn't sleep at night like i had anxiety i was taking one night i remember i took uh i don't even know i'm so like anti-drugs now but um people take them to, for anxiety and to sleep and stuff um anyway i used to be able to i used to take like half one and it would knock me out and uh, I took four of them one night, and I was wide awake. Oh, wow. um, and so, again, I turned back to my faith, you know, in God. And I went to a local church in, in Las Vegas. And my faith, I believe, is what saved me. And remembering that I did have a bigger purpose. Like, I had an, an identity crisis. And I had, for so many years, I was in, like, on tunnel vision, like, this, like, putting my value of my life like oh and turning pro and being this professional bodybuilder forgetting all the other qualities and skills and talents that i had and um so now it was just literally it was it was a self-identity crisis it was a self-awakening moment that i had and um th there were a few pivotal moments that really kind of changed the course of my life so I think for our listeners, uh, you know, there's some great takeaways and parallels, uh, you know, whatever their health, fitness, mental journey is, uh, you've mentioned tiptoeing the line, going back and forth, uh, doing the right thing, not doing the wrong thing. And that's the exact same path we all take with whether it's weight loss, putting on muscle, 
overcoming, you know, anxiety, depression, all these things. And it's never a linear journey. It's never just from A to B in a straight line. There's going to be ups and downs. Um, but you have almost like these, uh, uh, I can't even think of Abs and flows, is that what it is? Well, ebbs and flows, but then you hit like these platforms where you, you get a lot better um, and you learn a lot and then you're able to apply that. And even as you get back off track again, you just build and build and build upon that. Um, so, so I think a takeaway is no matter how desperate the situation looks, um, you know, I think if they can recommit and have that focus, then there is hope for whatever their, their end goal is. Um, and I think you're just an incredible example of that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So carrying on from there, um, you know, now you've taken these experiences, you've taken this transformation, you've helped tons and tons and tons of people. Um, what is it about that that helps, that drives you to continue helping people? One, it's definitely understanding. First off, like I didn't do it on my own. Like, and I think that's one thing that we all make on in life. You think, um, I got in this situation on my own, like I have to get out of it myself. And that's not, you know, being a trainer for 20 years, like even professional athletes have trainers, like even, you know, some of the best CEOs in the world are working with life coaches and men, my, mindset mentors, like to keep their, their mindset elevated at all times. Um, so definitely one is just, um, understanding, like there's nothing wrong with reaching out for help. Like, I mean, I, I, Danny Johnson, one of my mentors has a great saying, she says, um, find somebody who has what you want and do what they do, do what they did or do what they're doing. Um, so, um, I, I just want to say something like, I want to, I want to share this experience cause like something that really kind of, it was a pivot point if you don't mind. Yeah. So I was running in Las Vegas at a park. There was this park that my wife and I went to, like I was, I got up to 240 pounds at like five foot six. I was so unhealthy. Um, it was all muscle, but I was, I mean, I was out of shape. So like fat Thor, (laughs) I wasn't that fat, but I was so unhealthy with all these, I was eating 8,000 calories a day, you know? And I, I've been over time my shoe and I'm come up (sighs) huffing and puffing. It was horrible. And so I started, I went on some like master cleanse and, and, and all this stuff. And I started running every day and I met this guy named fate crazy enough. His name's fate. And he talked to me about meditation and that's one thing I'm going to, you know, touch on the power of meditation and prayer, if you will. But, um, that, that changed my whole life. Like I'm telling you, like focusing on letting go of the past, dealing with it, being okay with it, saying, Hey, this does not define who I am, letting it go, learning from it, building upon it, you know, and then just boom, going skyrocketing forward away from it. Now with, uh, with the meditation piece, uh, how do you, what is your, the application of meditation. Okay. What does that look like? It's interesting because I just had a session with this guy, Fate, um, a couple of days ago. And I revisited it because I meditate every day. And But I wanted to, again, because I'm going through a big transformation in my life again right now. And so I like to kind of revisit, like, what are my foundations? Because, you know, you, you, you're only as strong as the foundation that you're building upon. So I went back and I said, you know what, Fate? I said, I have a question. And he's like, yeah. And I said, I'm going to ask you like I've never done this in my life and I'm going to come to you like a baby trying to learn a new skill. I said, how do I meditate? And he said to me, okay, first off, first off, he said, well, one, I just want to commend you on asking because that takes a lot because it's ego and pride that won't allow you to admit, you know, when you don't know it all. And so I think that's the first step in just transforming. You got to be honest with yourself. And, um, 
So he just told me, he's like, you know, I want you to close your eyes. This was over the phone. Close your eyes, you know, sit upright, hands open. And uh, I want you to breathe. He's like, have you ever watched the ocean breathe? And this is, this is like a f- revelation to me. This was so awesome. And I'm like, what? And he's like, have you ever listened to and watched the ocean breathe? And I was like, no. He's like, well, you know, the ocean is alive. He's like, it breathes. You know, he's like, when the current, like, it rushes in, it's like a big exhale. And it's, and he's like, then when it pulls back, it's breathing in and it's pulling back. And I, he's like, I want you to focus on the ocean breathing right now. And he goes, I'm not going to give you any cadence, but I want you to mimic the ocean's breath. And I want you to breathe with the ocean. And it was so surreal and so calming. And then we went through what I do when I'm meditating is whatever barrier, whatever, you know, you can feel if you're having blockage going on in your mind, your heart, your life, whatever, whatever you're being tested with at that moment in time. So I like to f- picture as a physical being in my mind, if I don't want it there, I'm going to get it out. So I'm breathing in what I want. I'm breathing in love, light, hope, joy, peace. And I'm, I'm exhaling pain, darkness, negativity, you know, frustration, whatever is hindering me at that moment. And I will physically see the word. I'm breathing it out because I don't want it. So I'm getting rid of it. And I'm breathing in what I do want. And I'm encompassing it. And I'm, it's encompassing me. So, you know, that that's just kind of doing something is better than nothing. I think, you know, it, it, there's no right or wrong way for anyone. If you focus on your breathing and slow down and focus on what you want, it's going to be beneficial to you. It reminds me a lot. There's a book called uh, The Power of Ted, mm-hmm. and um, and it actually takes place on the ocean. And they talk about something called a FISBE. Mm. Um, the F is whatever you focus on creates the inner state. That's the IS, mm-hmm. um, and which then creates your behavior, the B. Mm. Nice. Um, so very similar to what you were saying earlier, too. Um, but, but even just taking that concept, I think, could make a big difference. And I was always afraid to meditate. I remember in college, my trumpet, I was a music major, my trumpet professor's like, hey, all right, I want you to try meditation. And I'm like, no, I'm a Christian. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and I gave him like this huge hard time. I was such a jerk. <laughs> and um, now I'm meditating. I'm like, everything he said was right. And mm. I was a stupid kid. Right. But, um, but, and then he's like, all right, we'll just focus on this pitch. Um, so no matter what it is and whatever your comfort level is, there's, even if you don't believe in the spiritual side of it, you know, there's science behind taking deep breaths. For instance, if you're constantly tense and you have poor posture and your diaphragm can't expand, your body's getting a signal all day long. You're not getting enough oxygen to the blood. You're not getting enough oxygen to the blood. And simply taking the time to take intentional breaths stops that cycle. And there is a hormonal change with norepinephrine, adrenaline. Um, so, so I think that's awesome. And talking about all your demons and all these drugs in your system and all these different things, we can see how that can start to shift that. Um, and it's so cool, especially for a guy. A lot of guys don't like to admit that, hey, I take the time to think about light and peace and meditating and breathing. But there's a scientific basis for it. Um, and it does make a huge difference. It definitely does. It definitely does. I adhere to that. Yeah. So since we're kind of talking about some of your daily habits now mm-hmm. that help you to to maintain this transformation and be as successful as you are, what other daily habits do you have that you believe make a positive compounding effect in your life? I definitely, that's a great question. I definitely think um, displaying gratitude. I think so many of us each and every day, um, I was actually just talking to one of my clients about this yesterday is especially whether you're in health and fitness or, you know, even in a business sense where if you're a high achiever, a lot of times, you know, we're just checking off the goals and not embracing them. And 
let's say this is a cool experience I had from a Tony Robbins event I went to. He's like, who in here is sports are sports fans? And like, you know, the place has got thousands of people. And everyone's like, ah, who? And it's like, who's your team? Raise your hand. Who's your team? And everyone's throwing out who their different their favorite college sports team is. And so he gets to the point, he's like, all right, guys, here we go. He goes, it's it's the last week college football. Your team just um, qualified for the playoffs and the national championship game. He's like, what we're about to do, I'm about to count down from five. And when we get to zero, I want you to celebrate like your team just won the national championship. You're with your buddies drinking and having fun. And he has an alarm set and everything. And it's like on the big screen, five, four, three, two, one. The place erupted. It's like, whoo, people are running down the aisle, high-fiving each other, jumping up and down. Woo-hoo. And he's like, all right, and stop. He's like, guys, you realize? He goes, you know what? You're jumping up and down. And you're saying, we did it. We did it. We did it. Like, guys, you didn't do a damn thing. You were sitting on your couch watching these this team win the game. Like, you guys weren't out there playing. And he's like, what about in the middle of the season when you guys lost? You're like cursing on that damn quarterback, this and that. Sorry, I want to curse on your show. <laughs> and I, but, but, you know, but all of a sudden you guys are winning. And it's like, oh, we won. We won. He's like, guys, are, if you're aware, like, how, how much you guys were celebrating someone else's victory, if you would begin to celebrate your own victories like that in your own life, what you achieve will blow your mind. And ever since he shared that, I'm like, oh my goodness. So I was sharing with my client yesterday. I'm like, he's such a high achiever. He, he's an attorney and he owns his own law firm and everything. And he's very successful. And he's just talking about his achievements. He's like, yeah, now I got to do this. And I go, hold on a second. And I shared that story with him. I said, don't forget to celebrate your wins. I'm like, yeah. You know, this might have been a goal of yours for 10 years, 15 years. And what you just achieved it. Now you're like, oh, on to the next one. I'm like, hold on, dude. Like, just like you celebrate your team's victory, go out and celebrate, man. You just freaking won. Like, that's awesome. So one, I think we need to celebrate our victories. And some of our victories might just be going and walking on the treadmill for 10 minutes. Yeah. You know? That's a victory. That's a change. Yeah. So, I mean, don't forget to celebrate your victories. Celebrate your wins. Now, we're kind of talking about these habits. Oh, the habits. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. <laughs> Told you to keep me, keep me focused. Yeah, we're right on. So, uh, so meditation. I just uh, gratitude. Meditation. I just want to say gratitude, like just a little deeper into that. Gratitude, like we so often like, okay, come out. What if we have a flat tire? You're like, you're like, oh my goodness, we're already running late for work. Now I got a flat tire. Oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be late for work, you know? And now you got to take care of that. Now you're late to work. Like you can, if you take that energy and freaking run with that, that can affect your entire day. Now, if you work with people like you and I do, now all of a sudden we're not our most powerful version of ourselves. So we're not going to be delivering the service that they're paying us for. And guess what? Maybe they use us and the fuel that we feed them to go fuel the rest of their lives and the people they're interacting with. So I, the first thing I do every morning, I drop my knees and I display gratitude. I'm like, thank you, God, for waking me up. And like, I'll, I'll go over a checklist of what I'm grateful for. Like, I'm grateful for having a house, you know, a car, clothes, food, a family, health, and, um, I just think that sets the tone. Remind yourself what you do have. Because so many times we want to focus on what we're going for or what we don't have, what we're lacking. We focus on what we do have. We realize that we are blessed no matter what situation we're currently in. That's very true. There's a, uh, have you ever heard of Viktor Frankl? Dr. Viktor Frankl? I have not. Uh, He was a Holocaust survivor. Oh my, okay. And went on to be like a psychotherapist. And um, and that was the thing he said, no matter how bad the situation, this is somebody who lived through the concentration camps where everybody around him was dying. Uh, One thing they could never change, one thing they could never change is your attitude. And you always have uh, that. So if you keep that perspective uh, positive and, and what can you gain from whatever that situation is, I think that's helpful. Um, and that's very important what you said about how 
your attitude affects those around you, no matter what your job is. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're working behind a counter at a grocery store, if you're a doctor, if you're an auto mechanic, but, but it does have kind of a rippling effect. It absolutely does. I mean, taking taking into consideration sometimes, like the world is bigger than us. And I know sometimes we think that the world revolves around us, but it doesn't. And we, I feel that we were all here for a purpose, for a reason. And just going out of your way to make someone else smile, to make them feel important, it goes so, so far. And um, don't underestimate the power that you have as well. Um, Marianne Williamson, um, we're powerful beyond measure. Like if we would kind of really focus on that statement for a moment, we're powerful beyond measure. You know, the, the capabilities that we have, the potential that we have when we are truly focused, you can do anything. I truly believe that. I think you're a good example of that for sure. I appreciate it. Same with you, man. Absolutely. What you've done um, for yourself and then other people has been uh, pretty amazing. Share the love. <laughs> now, uh, now I want you to talk directly to our listeners. Okay. And um, no matter what their goals are, whether it's nutrition, fitness, health, uh, mind shift, if they're battling addiction, whatever it is, if you were going to give them your three top strategies uh, to come closer to their goal, what would those be? First, you have to have a vision. You have to have a vision. You have to have a why. Because no matter where you are, if you if your why is big enough, it will overpower any addiction. It'll overpower any circumstance. It'll overcome overcome any situation that you're currently in. And that, that why is going to drive you um, and motivate you and hold you accountable. And um, with that why, write it down. Write it down and post it everywhere you're going to see it and multiple times a day. Um, two, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself and others. Um, but it starts with yourself. I think all of us have regrets, uh, mistakes that we've made in our life. And what we don't understand is that like just holding on to that and harboring that is it is subconsciously it's holding you back from achieving your goals. Cause you're like, Oh, I could never do that. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not smart enough. And you just beat yourself up all the time. Like forgive yourself and also forgive others. Forgiveness is huge. People think, Oh, well that person, oh, I'll never forgive them. You're not hurting them at all. It's like drinking a poison, expecting the other person to die. And like holding on to that is only holding you back. Truly, it truly is. Um, And lastly, um, your vision, your your why, forgiveness, and uh, I would say gratitude. Your attitude should always be gratitude because let's say the law of attraction and you display gratitude, what you're grateful for, you're opening the universe and your spirit into receiving more of whatever like more prosperity more health more good experiences so that that's what i would say and there, there's tons of research now into positive psychology uh dr barbara Fredrickson actually she wrote what's called the broaden and build therapy uh, uh broaden and build theory and she's based out at uh, unc chapel hill actually uh, but that law of attraction so if your mood is always poor uh who's going to want to hire you who's going to want to work with you and bring opportunities your way Absolutely. And I definitely experienced quite a bit of that. Um, 
Awesome. Uh, Drew, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy, busy day to share your wisdom. Um, now, I understand you have a couple books out. Uh, can you tell us what the titles are and just a quick blurb about uh, what they might find in them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, first book I ever wrote is titled The Warrior Within. That's more of a, an autobiography um, from my earliest memories to probably about the age of 28 or so, The Warrior Within. Um, another book I have is titled Unstoppable. Um, Fate's journey of overcoming the impossible and uh, different lessons. Some similar, like we talked about today, there's a, you know, a chapter on faith. There's a chapter on fear, uh, stuff like that. Um, and then another one I'm working on right now, you know, is titled the 10 essentials. And um, so, uh, yeah, like I said, writing is uh writing has been a saving grace for me as well. And that, that, I recommend people writing as well. You should write all the time, get your goals out, write your feelings out, keep a journal. But um. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I have screenplays too, but that's, that's, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. That's where Sylvester Stallone started. <laughs> so who knows? Uh, now if they wanted to get their hands on, on a copy of those books, where could they find that? Uh, you can go to Amazon and just search, you know, like Andrew Mitchell or Drew Mitchell, the warrior within or unstoppable. They'll come up. So I think they're under Andrew Mitchell and, uh, yeah, unstoppable or the warrior within on Amazon. Awesome. Well, I think that about wraps us up for today. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. And uh, sorry, I hope I didn't ramble too much. No, it's all good wisdom. <laughs> Thanks so much. Absolutely, Brandon. Keep kicking butt. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you did, uh, go check us out at firewithinnf.com. You can subscribe to our newsletters and make sure you never miss an episode or any other content. Also, be sure to follow us on social media.